Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of CSO What You Need to Know, where we talk about all things you may want to know about our agency. I'm Patty Pan in the Office of Community Affairs, and I'll be your host. This episode today focuses on the CSO Reserve Unit and all that they do. I'm joined by Captain Kevin Amison, who oversees that unit, and Lieutenant Matt Halston. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Well, why don't we start off with Captain Amison. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you actually came to be captain of the CSO Reserve Unit. Right. Well, I uh, started in law enforcement back in 1994 with Cobb County. Spent a couple of years there full time. Uh, then after that, I started searching for a reserve program because I had to go back out in the private sector. So I investigated all the reserve programs in the community, and Cherokee County was one of the best that was out there that allowed us to do normal police duties. Uh, a lot of reserve units are kind of restrictive with what they let their reserve deputies do, but Cherokee is good enough uh, because we're properly trained to go through all the same training as our full-time counterparts in that they let us do normal police duties. You know, we're out, uh, out on the road answering calls just like our full-time counterparts, and um, everything from traffic enforcement to domestic calls to threat reports, accident reports, the whole nine yards. So that's what really attracted me to Cherokee County. I came here in 98 and been here ever since. And what about you, Lieutenant Holstead? Yes, um, obviously from a young age, I felt like I needed to serve my community. So in uh, 2000, I started in the Cherokee Sheriff's Office Explorer Post. And in 2006, I was lucky enough to be hired as a auxiliary deputy with the Sheriff's Office. Um, while I was serving in the Air Force Reserve. Uh, 2007 to 2010, I worked full-time at the Sheriff's Office, and then I got another job opportunity in the Air Force Reserves in 2010, and uh, it allowed me to come back into the Reserve Program. So I've been, since 2010, an active Reserve member here at the Sheriff's Office. What attracted you to the Reserve Unit? Uh, I wanted to continue my service. Law enforcement is a passion of mine. But, uh, you know, for family circumstances and other opportunities, it just was a better fit to stay in the reserve program and work another career of service. Can either of you um, tell us about the reserve unit and what are some of its functions? Well, I touched on it earlier. Uh, and we augment uniform patrol mo- mainly. Uh, so, so we do all the same function, police functions that they do. You know, everything, like I was describing earlier, to go in, into any call and uh you know, backing up our full-time counterparts in handling calls by ourselves. And, and that's basically what we do. Uh, most of us are sworn certified to do that. We do have some auxiliary deputies, uh, and their main function is to work in the jail. And, and they do exactly, they kind of mirror what we do out in the road, is that they work, you know, in the jail with full-time deputies doing all those same functions that they do. Now, how many people are actually in the reserve unit? I think our count right now is seven. Uh, so we have seven of those guys right now, and uh, we are h- highly sought after to help the agency um, just, to, just to fill in on shifts, uh, like for people going on training, court, or anything like that, so they can go on vacations. So of the seven, how many are actually in the jail? Uh, we have one in the jail right now. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering, what are the requirements to right. become a reserve deputy? And that's a good question. Uh, exactly the same as hiring on as full-time deputy. You know, we have to go through the exact same hiring process, same vetting process that, that our full-time counterparts have to go through. Um, you know, everything from background checks, polygraphs, um, physical, you know, physical, physical agility tests, we have to go through that as well. Um, and the whole, the whole vetting process is full-time deputy. So what are the benefits of being in that unit? That's a good question, too. I like that one. Uh, 
what we all get, and I think Lieutenant Halstead would agree, is just a personal sense of service to the community. That's number one. Uh, and that service takes many forms, you know, everything from the normal police duties to helping out, you know, stranded motorists on the side of the road and our Christmas Joy program, too. That, that's a big, I'm sure we're going to touch on that later. But, uh, but all those things, I mean, they're just, they add up to being able to serve the community. And that's what we're all here for. Now, if someone wanted to join the reserve unit, how would they go about that? Uh, they just fill out an application online and just put reserve deputy at the top instead of just regular deputy sheriff. And I know I've heard a little bit about the Cherokee Sheriff's Office public safety cadets. Can either of you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, I obviously came up through the cadet program. Back then it was the Explorer program. A few years ago we went through an organization uh, shift to the public safety cadets. Uh, the program is designed for young adults, teenagers that have an interest or possible interest in law enforcement. Um, they have a myriad of explorer type programs, everything from pilots to firemen, uh, ambulance nurses. We just obviously focus on the law enforcement side. So the program is set up for uh, teenagers, 14 to the age of 20 and a half, uh, that have that possible interest. We meet twice a month, and the meetings is a combination of administrative time, which we try to limit, and training. Uh, they train on all the same type of calls that you would handle on law enforcement, everything from a basic traffic accident investigation, traffic stops, uh, and we've recently started doing full crime scene investigations, so setting up crime scenes. And uh, they work in teams to investigate, collect evidence, things such as that. The purpose of this is to hone those skills, and then they uh, participate in competitions against posts from really all over the country. Uh, we have local competitions, we have regional, and then they actually have national competitions. Uh, so it, it's a great way for a teenager that thinks they want to be in law enforcement to get an insight into the, the profession, meet people in the profession, and actually determine if they want to do it. We have had people in the program that said, hey, this isn't going to be for me. And uh, that's great. Our goal is just to make good citizens, honestly. That's our ultimate outcome. Sounds like a great program, especially for a lot of these teens to get their feet wet, kind of get a taste of what it could be like in a few years. And That is correct. We actually, there's many officers within the Cherokee Sheriff's Office, not necessarily that came from our program, but started in Explorer programs from Cobb County, City of Marietta. We do have ones that worked in the Cherokee Sheriff's Office Explorers at the time. Um, so they get the foot in the door, they meet people that are active in the agency, and those people are also people hiring for our agency. So getting that face rec facial recognition and experience is a great way to get the foot in the door. Now, I've heard a little bit about this annual Christmas Joy program. I think, Captain Amazon, you had talked about it. The CSO Reserve Unit apparently coordinates this. Is that correct? And can you tell us a little bit about this program? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the, the largest community outreach program the Sheriff's Office does uh, every year. Typically, we do a Shop with the Cop program. We're usually able to handle about 200 kids per year is what we try to do. Uh, and there's also a part of the Christmas Joy program. We do an elderly delivery and this elderly delivery is essentially a very large package of care items, essentially everything from, you know, like blankets, you know, slippers and stuff like that. Uh, so, so that's a good thing, too, that we're able to do for the community. Uh, it's all donation driven, you know, uh, so we definitely rely on the citizens of the county to, to donate to that, which 
generally always step up. Uh, we, we've never had a year where, where we've really been sweating the money. Uh, a lot of the businesses are involved within the county. They, they give a lot of money to us as well as private citizens. You know, any donation, whether it's $10 or $1,000, is important because it all adds up to our final goal. We have a great community. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you can participate? How can the kids participate in the senior citizens? How are they actually identified? Right. We do identify them through the county schools with the school counselors because the school counselors have intimate knowledge of these kids' circumstances, right? You know, what's going on in their lives, if their parents lost a job or this and that type of stuff. Uh, so, so those folks really have the best knowledge of who's the most neediest in our county. And obviously, that's who we try to target. Uh, to get, you know, to make the most and the most and deepest impact on the community we can. So that's where we get all the all the kids' names uh, from the school counselors. And all the elderly, we get those from the Cherokee Senior Services uh, within the county, too, for the same exact reasons, because they know, you know, who's living in the community that's, you know, might be shut in, for instance, or the kids might have moved away, they don't have any immediate family in the area, stuff like that, to really you know, to lay eyes on them and take care of them uh, as well as I'm sure they want to. They're just unavailable to do that sometimes. Is there ever a limit of how many kids can be chosen and how many senior citizens are chosen? Not really. Really what it's limited to is the amount of donations that we get. Um, And like I said, the the community really does step up in those regards. And we're able to grow the program year after year, but it's entirely based on donation. So I know we spoke about 200 kids benefiting from this program. What about the elderly? Is there a limit or how many typically are we able to serve? So yes, um, normally we service between 75 and 100 uh, elderly members of the community. Once again, we pull those names from the Senior Service Center. So some of that's dictated by how many people. Usually it's the people that are in the Meals on Wheels and they have direct knowledge of. So our Senior Center services a lot of people in the community, but these are the most indigent. But we also do uh, referrals from deputies because um, oftentimes the people in the program, the elderly folks are on our, like, are you okay program, which is a program daily where our, uh, communications officers from GCIC call them to check on them. So we pull f- names from that as well. How can our listeners actually donate if they want to help? Right. Well, the easiest way is to go to the Cherokee Sheriff's Foundation website and there's a donate now. Um, I think it's in the upper right-hand corner of the page, and there's a Christmas Joy tab, drop-down tab there where they can donate online. Okay. And Lieutenant Halstead, I'm curious, have you done the Christmas Joy shop with the shop with the child? I sure have. Uh, when we switched to this type of program, I believe it was within the, approximately 10 years ago, right. I guess yeah. now. Um, I was. I, I shop with these children. Uh, it, it's truly rewarding when you tell a child that, doesn't have much that they could pick whatever they want the more rewarding part is when they have siblings or um, you know grandparents that are taking care of them they're actually spending the money we allocate to them on gifts for their parents or for their grandparents because they're that appreciative of what they have but uh, it's it's a wonderful time yeah we, we even have children sometimes literally buying clothes they're not buying toys mm-hmm. and you can tell just out the gate that those those are the kids that really need it I mean, it's almost, it's rewarding, obviously, to see this, but also it breaks your heart. I'm just hearing about it, and it's, I mean, they could be picking toys. Instead, they're picking probably shoes and sneakers and clothing that they need. Right, that happens, absolutely. Um, And the elderly. So elderly is actually my bread and butter. That's the part of the program I I handle. 
Um, for me, that's the most rewarding part because oftentimes uh, the children get to go to school and they interact with friends and uh, at least the counselors are aware of their situation. Oftentimes we have a, a lot of elderly in our community that do not have family around or are estranged from their family and the only people they have checking on them is the once or twice a week that Meals on Wheels is delivering. Um, so to have a deputy and with our elderly delivery, we actually uh, set one Saturday aside and we, we deliver all the packages in one day. And oftentimes deputies bring their families with them. Uh, it's the highlight, I would venture to say, it's the highlight of those people's year to have that deputy show up with their kids or with their spouse and take 30 minutes of time to sit down with these people in their home. You could see that they just need interaction. And it, it's if anything is going to tear at your heartstrings, it's that when you're walking into these people's house and they have not seen anybody in five, six days. It sounds like you do it every year. It is. Yes, we do. Yeah. And are the days split up between delivering the items to the elderly and shopping with the children? The shop of the cop typically goes over three nights uh, and we usually uh, shop at a Walmart store and they're, you know, throughout the county, just make it easy for the recipients to get there. Uh, but the elderly delivery is usually on a Saturday. We just try to kind of blow that out all in one day. And but to Lieutenant Halstead's point, I totally agree with him. I mean, some of these some of these elderly people in our community are, you know, just kind of forgotten. And and that's kind of I mean that's sad sometimes. Of course, you know, we've both been doing it for many many years. You walk into some of these houses where they literally raised their whole family and been living there for 50, 50 odd years, and. Uh, Nothing's changed in the house. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, you could just tell that, uh, like, time stopped when their kids left the house. And it's, uh, but that, that's one of the really rewarding things, to, to spend 30, 45 minutes with them and just talk to them. And it doesn't have to be anything in, in particular. You know, they just want somebody to visit with. If there's anything you want our listeners to take away from this particular podcast about Christmas joy and how the community can help, step up and help, what would either of you say? I think you would agree as well, uh, Lieutenant Halstead, just donations. Uh, I mean, that's that's our, you know, that's the gasoline that we put in our car when it comes to this program, is that, you know, without the donations, we can't do anything with it uh, very, mu- very much at all. And we, you know, we try to set a limit for all the children, you know, to be able to spend at the Walmart stores that we shop with them. Uh, but once again, that's all, you know, derived straight from the donations and what we can spend on the elderly. Once again, it's all donation driven too. To speak further on that, and you would know the exact percentage, Captain, but our administrative cost for the program is next to nothing. We have next to no administrative cost. This is completely volunteer-driven, and nearly 100% of a donation goes to the children or to the elderly person. Yeah, and I can expand on that, too. I looked, when was it, last year, I believe it was, and I think it was close to 98% of the money that we gain go straight to the recipients. Uh, the only administrative costs we, we have are like postage and stuff like that that we mail out letters for soliciting donations for and thank you letters for people that do donate. That is the only administrative cost that we have on this thing. Uh, like Lieutenant Hall said, said, it's 100% volunteer. And as we all know, I mean, times are hard for everyone these days, but this is a good way to give back to the community, knowing that it's going to two sectors of our community that actually need it. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the reserve unit or the the programs that you oversee and that you enforce? Yes. It takes, if somebody is interested in being a reserve deputy or auxiliary deputy with the sheriff's office, 
I highly suggest they take a good look at their life and they get the buy-in of their family because if you decide you want to do this as a secondary career, it takes a great deal of commitment and it does take a lot of time away from somebody's family. So without having the spouse or their, if their children or whomever on board with it, uh, they probably will not be successful because it is truly a calling. Uh, being in law enforcement itself is a calling, but being a reserve deputy and doing it part-time in addition to a full-time career, a full-time family, it takes a special person to do it. Oh yeah, because we're each two or three nights at least away from that family after we work our full-time jobs. So you definitely have to have the buy-in from the family, absolutely. Plus all the training and everything else we have to do uh, throughout the year. I've got one of our one of our sergeants, he's even a crime scene tech and he's done all sorts of training. He's, he's a wonderful asset to our, to our criminal investigation division, but he's done so much training in addition to working too. Uh, so he is, uh, he's crazy active within the reserve unit and a great asset. Now, I know we talked about the Christmas Joy program. Are there other programs that the Reserve Unit also does throughout the year? We do some limited speaking engagements to, like, Boy Scout groups, stuff like that. Uh, we We do some of that. Uh, for some of these charity 5Ks, for instance, we manage the entire traffic pattern, traffic flow, and shutting down traffic and managing all the traffic for some of those as well. So there's a lot of other little ancillary things that we do as well, in addition to everything else we have on our plate. But it sounds like Christmas joy is your pride and joy. It is. And we usually start uh, August. Yes. I think on that. Yeah. So it's it's a big undertaking, to say the least. Now, if someone's interested in becoming a deputy in the reserve unit, what do they need to do? Uh, Simply apply. You can do that online. Um, And like I was saying earlier, we go through the exact same hiring process as as everybody else. But I do agree with Lieutenant Halstead is you got to take a a deep look on your life and see and make sure you can make that commitment because we have to volunteer 20 hours a month minimum. Uh, Many of us go way in excess of that. Uh, Matt, you would know the average better, but it's at least 30 per average on average for each one of them at least. Uh, we have some guys that are breaking up into the 50s and 60s just on volunteer hours. But that commitment, you just have to know that going in, that this isn't one of those things where you just go get a badge and you're part of you know, the reserve unit. You have to work. And, and we're out there. I think we have somebody in, you know, um, out in a, in a patrol car every day of the week, at least one. So we're, you definitely have to make that commitment and take that long, hard look at yourself and make sure that uh, you're, you're in for that. Now, I know you said there were seven right now. Right. What is the ideal number? We really don't have one, to tell you the truth. Uh, we're we're kind of open all the time. Uh, anybody can apply at any time. Uh, if they ever want to reach out to me, they can email me if they want to at kmamison at cherokeega.com. I'll be glad to either answer emails or return a phone call. What's the best part of about being in that reserve unit? Well, that's a hard question to tell you the truth. There's so many, honestly, there's so many benefits. Uh, you know, since I came here in 98, the sheriff's office has been wonderful to me personally. I'm sure Matt would agree too. In, in every regard, um, it's very rewarding to get that recognition from our full-time counterparts and they value us, you know, and, and what we bring to the table. I mean, that's one of the biggest things for me, uh, you know, I won't downplay the service to community at all. I mean, that's huge. That's why I think we're all here in this business, uh, is to be able to serve the community in whatever capacity they need. Is there anything else you want to add that I did not ask or did not touch on? 
that you want our listeners to know or take away? Yes, I would, to put things in perspective of the services provided by reserve deputies, um, last year alone, over the eight people we had, we volunteered in excess of 3,300 volunteer hours to the agency. So roughly, if you broke it down financially, two full-time people. So um, it may not sound like a lot, but it is a lot if you took just volunteer hours alone and put them in that perspective. I think I did the math on that last year for our Citizen Academy, and it's over $65,000 a year worth of savings to the sheriff's office. This is all volunteer. That's volunteer time. Complete volunteers. You really have and, to love your community. And, and quite honestly, that, that number might be on the low end, to tell you the truth. So, and I would also add this, that Cherokee Sheriff's Office has a reputation for many, many moons, even under our previous sheriff, Sheriff Garrison, and it's carried through with Sheriff Reynolds that we are equal to our full-time counterparts. I equate it to um, the military reserves. You know, a, a reservist isn't looked at differently. They wear the same uniform. They wear the same rank. They're treated the same when they're, they're present in the military. This reserve unit is no different, and other agencies do not have a reserve unit structured like that. More so, uh, Captain was in a previous reserve unit, and he could agree that reservists and other agencies aren't allowed to perform field functions by themselves. Um, they're not allowed to go out and work patrol and things such as that. We are uh, equipped by the sheriff, trained by, and allowed to train to the same standard as our full-time counterparts, and we're treated the exact same. Right, and I agree with that. You have to go through the same field training process as our full-time counterparts. All the required in-service training, we go to all that. You know, just across the board, we are, we are held to the same standards of our full-time counterparts, which I think is a wonderful thing. I mean, if we're out there, quote-unquote, policing, we need to know what to do and have that same level of training and competencies as our full-time counterparts. Now, right now, where is the unit most needed? Everywhere, to tell you the truth. Uh, I, I know, like, you know, Cherokee Sheriff's Office is no different than any other agency, I think, in the country. You know, we're short-staffed. Everyone is. And, and like, we get plugged in a lot where there's, you know, shortages for whatever reason. There are legitimate reasons. But uh, they, they really need us, and they call on us a couple times a week to be able to, you know, to, you know, to plug us in somewhere to help bridge a gap whenever the one comes up because it inevitably comes up. I'll expand on that, Captain. With that training, we go to advanced training just like our full-time, the other full-time officers in the agency. So members of our unit are assigned to the training division. We have uh, three members of the unit that are certified instructors. Uh, we have a member that's on hostage negotiation, a member that's on crime scene. Um, I myself am on motors, and the captain does bike patrol. So we also fill in those gaps in the other specialty units, the special ops units, and uh, addition honor guard, which it falls under the administrative division. And there were, when we had a Viper unit way back in the day, a lot of us, a lot of us were on the Viper unit as well, which is a crime reduction unit, and we were all really active in that as well. Because you were saying that a lot of these other agencies, this reserve unit, do not hold the same powers. Is that, that's not the right word. The, the same um, same response. Well, they, they have limitations on what they can and cannot do. Right. Uh, with, with us, there are no limitations. We are, like Lieutenant Halstead said, we're out there just like our full-time partners, you know, and, and do, 
you know, going to the same scenes, same calls, and we're expected to do the, the same, if not better, job. And that makes you invaluable to the agency, and that probably would benefit some of these other agencies if they did the same thing with their reserve unit. I, I would agree, but there's a there's a lot you got to. I think you got to have that balance between administration, like in other departments, you got to have that balance between administration willing to do that, and the right type of reserve people coming in to do that, and that's where those two areas merge and make what we have here you know what i'm saying we have all these dedicated really highly dedicated um reserve deputies and and yeah we're a small unit there's no question to it but the quality of our unit i would dare say that is better than a 50-man 50-man unit i mean we give more back to the sheriff's office than a larger reserve unit would in my opinion well, thank you, Captain Amoson and Lieutenant Halster, for taking the time to sit down with myself and our listeners today to tell us about not only what the CSO Reserve Unit does, but what great programs uh, it provides to our community. Everyone's time is valuable, as we know these days, so we thank you for spending your time with us today. Till next time, have a great day and be safe.